This is Betty Style. Welcome to Betty Style, a deeper discussion of the design, style, inner workings and thoughts of Kristen Mayer, CEO of BettyDesigns.com. I know things have been slamming for you guys at Betty Headquarters lately. Um, You made it through the 12 days of Christmas, and I know you're working on the custom Betty kits, and they're almost done. And in the middle of all that, somehow you managed to not so quietly start training for the Belgian waffle ride. Uh, Last week you posted that just got real picture, which was also reposted by the folks over at Belgian waffle ride. Uh, What's up with just got real? So the picture was just sort of... um you know, I wanted to take that new design and I wanted to get it out in the wild and s- photograph it in more of a lifestyle setting than just the traditional studio stuff we do. And it was it's interesting to see it now really from a different perspective, literally of looking down on me with the camera because it was the first time since I launched the company that I came out with a kit that had a lot of purple in it. I've dabbled in purple, but this was the first time I really went for it. We've done a ton of pink, um, it came out of the gate with pink. It's kind of our corporate color. And I was never a purple fan, but I really started seeing a lot of these indigo blue influences and the violets. And when we were working on the fall kit, I was like, you know what? I got to do something that we we don't have. I don't want it to look like anything else in the line right now. So what is that? It's a color. It's a graphic. It's the way it wraps around the kit. But the purple was the big ticket for the fall launch on the kaleidoscope. And ironically... Just literally in the last couple of weeks, Pantone announced their color of the year, and they do it every year at about this time, and it's this violet color. And I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy to me because you know, I follow all these trends and I watch everything, and I sometimes don't really consciously know what I'm absorbing, but then it comes out in my design. So I feel fortunate in that the timing was pretty spot on in terms of what's happening in fashion. The Kaleidoscope kit wasn't the only kit to show up last week. Uh, If I remember correctly, you guys were screaming upstairs when the new Betty team kits showed up. And when you unboxed those, you kind of went through some of the design elements and things that were going on in the kit, and that's actually a pretty intricate one. Uh, Any further comments about the Betty kit you want to share with anybody right now? So it was, you know, obviously given the last talk we had, uh, the duck camo was a big deal, but I always want to bring something else in. I don't want to just focus on one overall theme. So I, I've got a couple of little things that I call Easter eggs hidden in that kit. And I'm not going to say what they are because when the team girls get the squad kit, I want them to see, I want to see if they notice it. Um, but I bury little things in the design. I'm not going to exactly say what they are, but they're little nuggets for them to appreciate. And then that way, if someone's up close and personal with them, they might see it also. Um, the other thing that I did with that kit was there's been this, you know, back to all the streetwear and everything happening in the fashion world, the old track pants that you used to see around, and I don't, I don't really know exactly what year it was, but the, the, you know, wide leg, they unsnap, but they always had this stripe going vertically down the leg. And that whole, that vertical stripe, that sort of rugby stripe has really made a resurgence in not only the athletic wear, but the fashion world. And you're seeing that kind of a striping where we're now brands are taking it and putting their logo in it. So it's kind of a cool thing and it looks sort of like a, a woven ribbon. And I decided to take that element and make 
you know, these Betty Designs branded athletic stripes. And rather than running them vertical, I decided to do a pair of them running around the arm and around the leg. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. I mean, I will put a picture of it uh, on the website, but that's it's a tough thing to describe. It's but, hard to describe for I mean, sure. Basically, athletic stripes and judging for the reaction of everybody here, the Bettys are going to freak out when they get their kits. That's almost a guaranteed this year. All right, getting back to the last podcast for a second. Um, you kind of glossed over in the last podcast. You talked about you worked for LA Gear, and we got a couple of questions about LA Gear, and you know, we'll we'll take you down a, a road here, but. Start us off where you started with your design, because I don't think anybody really knows where you came from. Kind of, how did you get started? Well, it was really an advertising internship at LA Gear. It wasn't actual design per se. It was in the ad department doing, uh, you know, pasting up literal copy lines and imagery, and it was for print ads. And I was there for. I finished the internship. They hired me full time, and. The, the guy who's in charge and was running um, LA Gear, he came in and he said, hey, how's it going back here? You know, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I'm having fun. And he says, well, is there anything else that, you know, you kind of want to do? I mean, any anything that interests you with the company that you might want to try? And I was like, actually, I'd really, I'd love to design footwear. He's like, okay, well, why don't we move you in there and we'll, you know, we'll show you what that's all about. And And it was crazy to me that, he didn't even ask, you know, did I really have any credentials or whatever? He just kind of threw me in there. And at the time, we were drawing by hand. We literally drew sneakers. So the ironic thing with that is, in during high school, I used to always draw objects, just whatever I was into. I'd put it on the table in front of me and draw it. And I have old drawings of ASIC shoes I had in my closet. So I was drawing shoes a long time ago. And it's interesting that it came back full circle in my career, early in my career. And who, who was the guy that offered you that? So right. Robert Greenberg, he was the founder of LA Gear. And he, he was just a visionary. He had this, he was a, I don't want to say an older guy, but he was older for being at the helm of what was kind of a fashion trendy sneaker brand. But he had this way about him. He could sniff a trend coming from 200 miles away and he would, you know, he got a lot of inspiration from Venice Beach and the and the guys that were roller, you know, roller skating, not rollerblading, up and down the the boardwalk, and watching what was going on. And he actually started in shoelaces. He uh, started doing trendy a trendy shoelace company, and then it turned into sneakers. And what was his name again? Robert Greenberg. Where is he now? So he, uh, well, I was at LA Gear. He sold the company to an investment group that was part of Disney Corporation, and a bunch of Reebok execs came in. And he moved on, and I don't know the exact timing. I feel like it was a year or two later. He launched what is now today Skechers. He went right back into it and started a whole new trendy brand, which became a multi-billion-dollar company yet again. Just showing what, again, this guy was so ahead of the trends and just visionary in terms of capitalizing on what was going on in the moment. So it's the same guy who started LA Gear is the same guy who started Skechers? Yes. Interesting. All right, so anyway, so he takes you in the room or wherever, says, go, uh, start working on shoes. Is there anything those of us who were around back then would remember that you worked on? Any particular model or thing or that Velcro strap, is that you? So there, was, we, there were Velcro straps, and actually Reebok was the first one to do the Velcro. But when I was there, the big thing that we had was the lighted shoes. And... Everyone can start laughing because really they ended up in kids' shoes and that was the big hit. But we were working on 
the technology for adult shoes. And it was a high top sneaker. And instead of having a Velcro strap, it, it had this big vulcanized rubber kind of injection molded piece. And instead of the Velcro straps that you saw on the streetwear, we kind of upgraded it to more of an athletic technical material. And we actually got the shoe launched and you'd walk around, you go into Brooklyn and walk around, see these guys walking around with these shoes on with lights. I mean, they were so gimmicky looking, but that was it. It was called the Flash. So the model was called the Flash? Yes. All right. Do you have a picture of that? Somewhere. It's got to be able to find Somewhere. One. All right, we'll find one online. It's ugly. <laughs> so now that I actually think about it, that's kind of a good lead into one of the questions we got last week. Um, this is actually a question you get all the time and it takes a lot of forms, but the gist of the question is what are your recommendations for someone looking to start a business like Betty Designs? For now, I'm assuming that means a design or clothing company. What's your advice for someone looking to start a clothing company or a design company? Start small is always what I say, but I think the biggest thing is it's, it's a lot easier to start some kind of a cycling triathlon brand company now than it was 20 years ago. The technology has come down in price and it's readily available. I think the biggest thing that a lot of people miss in it, it's not just slapping a random graphic or a print that you find onto, onto Lycra. It's, I think the, the companies that really are going to stand out in the long run are the ones that actually think through the design. And you know, there's a couple of them that I, I have a lot of respect for. One of them is Poser Sport. There's a guy named Alex out of New York. He's incredibly talented. He may not design things that every guy would wear, they're just really unique. And he spent, I can see how much time he spends and all the nuances of, of the kits he comes out with. Um, the other person who I think has done a great job since he launched is, is Wadi, Wadi Inc. I mean, he had a vision. And I remember talking to him, gosh, it was probably a year into launching Betty and he was picking my brain. And he really wanted to launch kind of a casual lifestyle brand with hats and sweatshirts and things like that. But he always knew exactly what he wanted it to look like. And he came out of the gate with that look. And he has stuck to that. And his designs are distinctively waddy. And I think that that's what's going to make for a successful brand in the long run. So the the gist of it is you really, if you're going to start a clothing company, you either have to be a designer or hire a designer. It's more than just putting a pattern on a piece of cloth. That's not a brand. That's a pattern on a piece of cloth. I think so, but you know, I might be biased, but I do believe that you know, the the companies that stand out to me, I can tell there's a lot more thought behind what's going on to the sleeve versus the chest versus the back pocket. Got it. So the secret's no secret. And, and that goes back to, I mean, every time someone comes over the house, you know, they talk to you, it's the overnight sensation that took 30 years or 20 years. You know, you started way back in LA gear and then it went to, you know, where do you go from there? I mean, you've been designing for years and years. Years and years, I mean, I went and I, I went from there to Voight Sports, did some packaging type stuff and some product stuff again. And then I went back to school and I learned, I learned the Macintosh computer. I mean, I learned how to use Illustrator and Photoshop because when I was an undergrad, it just didn't exist. And I was really still drawn to that advertising element and that graphic design you know, kind of business. And so I went and I sort of migrated from there. And when I was taking courses, I was freelancing. I was new to San Diego. I met you know, a couple of people that had small companies and they needed help with postcards and, and T-shirts and things. And that's where I started. And this was back in 95. Yeah, that's when it started. But then you started working for who? Well, I was freelancing. I, I did a little bit of a consulting work with No Fear, 
working on their logo and some footwear. So I went back and forth between graphic design and, and product. And then I went in-house. I worked at a big printing company, the ones that run off all the catalogs. I was running the art department. So I was running a, you know, a team of 10 designers, and we had clients that came in, and they needed catalogs laid out, annual report. It was the year, it was the time of annual reports. So leading all of those things and doing page layout. And then from there, I helped co-found a women's sports magazine. And then I got into publishing. I was working for Triathlete Magazine. So it sort of has continued to kind of roll and evolve. All right, so you're working at the print house. At what point did you get into this whole triathlon thing? I mean, where did that start? Well, I was, you know, I was doing triathlon and I, I can't remember the exact moment it happened, but I mean, Avia came to me and wanted me to, they wanted an edgier look for their triathlon line. They were known as sort of the aerobic shoe and the fitness shoe. They wanted to do technical running and get into, into triathlon. So they came to me and they wanted, the only thing the guy said was he wanted an edgy look and he wanted a skull. And this was, I don't know the year exactly. I'd have to look it up. But I remember the, the bike and the wheels were in the, the window of Nitro. That was, they, that was it definitely the one, right? was. And it was probably around 2008, 2007, maybe a little before that. But that was, you know, and I did everything for them from not just a, a logo and a rebranding, it was the ad layouts and how did that translate to the kits for the professional athletes. So it became a huge package deal on the branding via's, you know, endurance seg- segment of the business, really. And making it, you know, just a little more hardcore. So you're at a, you got a via, and then where'd you go? And so take me from a via and get me to do custom. And where did that start? So I was dabbling in some custom. I do a jersey here and there, and racing, and and somehow I I don't know exactly. I never can remember all the details of how it happened, but I think that John Duke from Triathlete Magazine brought me over to Zoot Sports to meet with them because. Ironically, they're going to launch a footwear line, a running shoe line for triathletes. Well, here's Kristen, who has some running shoe experience, and I do design. He brings me in, and I do some consulting on the footwear side for them. Not product development, but more the color combinations and how it looked. And then from there, they started bringing me on to do more things. It was wetsuit graphics. It was the kit designs for their um, ambassador team, for their pro athletes. And it really started to snowball at that point. Right. And from so from there, I mean, we're still, this is still years ago. Again, the overnight sensation that took 20 years. You're at Zoot, but then how did you get started with McKeeley and those kind of um, designs? Because that's when I think the first Betty on the race course thing happened. Yeah, it was about that time. I mean, the Zoot stuff ended up um, out there, but you know, no one really knew. They just thought Zoot put it out. I mean, no one would know. I wasn't an employee, I was a graphic design consultant. And I was freelancing. So, you know, I was working with Zoot. And then, you know, just through the, the community here, I met McKeeley and her husband at the time, Pete Colson. And she was probably the first person that said, I want to look the part. I want my helmet to match my bike, to match my kit, to match my shoes. And every little detail, you know, was looked at. And so I worked with them for a number of years on how to tie that all together. And the most exciting thing for me on that one, aside from just being able to work with her and, you know, as this professional top of her sport, um, she went and did her one and only Kona in 2006, and she won in the kit I did for her. And that was unbelievable to me because it was seeing my design on this world class Olympian, world champion athlete. It just blew my mind. 
So McKeely was the original kick game. She it, was the first. She absolutely was. I mean, she and her she and her husband, they that's all they cared about was looking the part. And I'll tell you, she was the first one out of the gate, like I said, to pull every single piece of it together, head to toe, literally. In, including the bike and the wheels. And including the bike and the wheels. Yep. Hmm. And right. and her sponsors were willing to do whatever. They took the kit stuff, they'd make wheel decals. I mean, you name it, we did it. All right, go McKeeley. Sick. So so you come from the McKeeley. How many kits do you think you've designed over the years? I, including, you know, when you do a custom kit, you do three or four comps. How many kits do you think you've designed? Oh my gosh. It's so hard to say. I mean, in one year alone, I did work for Iron Man and I did 30 Iron Man event kits. And like you said, it wasn't just like I did one and it was done. It was multiple iterations before we landed on the final design. So and the, and the kit part was only part of my um, part of my job. I was doing a lot of other stuff, but it has to be thousands of designs at this point. All right, so we just went all over the place. So getting back to the original question, your advice, if I could summarize, your advice to all the people that say, you know, what's your advice to starting a business? It's be a designer first and practice because it does take a long time to get where you need to be. I mean, when you look at your original designs, I don't know if we have pictures of those, Good, bad, so different. <laughs> I will tell you, the very first one was okay. And then there was a whole lot of bad. Like, so bad, I don't even want to ever show anybody. What was the worst one that you have a picture of? Or that you still have the kid? <laughs> you, I, you know what? I have everything backed up on files. But there were, again, I do these unisex teams and they'd be run by boards of directors and these guys would sit in a room and they had no design or style and I would do the most mundane, boring, ugly kits you've ever seen. And that used to kill me. Can you give us a picture of one of the horrible ones to post? I definitely can. We'll put that up. 